It is Modern Craftsman Monday, and this is episode 100. Uh, it's just the three of us reminiscing about what, what, well, what we've talked about over the course of the last hundred episodes. All um, hundred we touch on, pretty uh, much. Yeah, we we, we basically <laughs> pull plugs out of every single. No, um, but we talk about. Well, we talk about schedule and what drives schedule. Johnny Johnny mentions a uh, project he's working on right now, and then we go into uh, panelization and how I'm wrong about uh, pre-planning all this stuff. Um, but yeah, credit it's, lines. Cre- we talk about credit lines. We talk a little bit about cost plus. I know you guys probably going to want more information on that. Um, but either way, we're super pumped that this is episode 100. We couldn't have done it without you guys. Uh, and real quick, before we get into the podcast, this episode is sponsored by Upstate Merch. They have been a tremendous um, support to the Modern Craftsman as well as our individual businesses. And I know a ton of you guys use him uh, at Upstate Merch on Instagram. Hit him up for all your apparel needs. Yeah, they have uh, a uh, they have a sale or a special going on for contractors right now too. Hundred shirts for four hundred eighty-five bucks, right? Yeah, or fifty for two ninety, which is can't, an amazing yeah, bargain. You can't you can't beat that. Uh, so hit him up, Dylan. Uh, will help you out with all your needs for branding. And uh, yeah, it's IBS week too. So hope to see you guys in Vegas. Yeah, by the time this comes out, it's going to be um, Vegas week. Woo! See ya. Ooh, new Pelican case. Dude, huh? everything fits. It's a beast. It looks small in that it's photo. It's so you fucking light. It's so light. It's awesome. It's it it. And it's oh, got there wheels. was a sticker. It says forty percent lighter. It's probably with everything in it. It weighs the same as that one. That it's didn't have wheels. Weak. So, yeah. I love it. We're reading about Joe Rogan shitting his pants out, shitting his pants because all he's on a carnivore diet. He's um he's always, he shit black. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you listen to his podcast with the girl that, like I think brought that to his attention, like the the, the carnivore diet? Probably, yeah. Michaela, she, the lion diet, she calls it. Yeah. And she was like diagnosed with arthritis when she was six. It's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, crazy. He's, he's legit about it. He's he's ten days in. Yeah. No, he's more than that now. Now he is. His yeah. post. Yeah, and he was like, I I thought it was placebo, but I I, I definitely have more energy. You know, he said yeah, he said that yeah, he's yeah. straight up and. I know I listen to his. Po- I I listen to all his podcasts. I, I got to catch up because he blasted out five of them. I think this week after the break, and <laughs> nice. I'm like, I got. I I mean, not gonna lie to you, the fight compilation that they do, where it's like five of them, and yeah. they're all like fighters and comedians. That's where this came from. It was right. like, we don't need. They it's the most enjoyable. Four. They had a four and a half hour podcast, and I'm like. When can I get back in my truck? Dude, our son, our <laughs> trying to make excuses <laughs> to get back into it. The the client in Somerville that we might do a job for, she she's full time podcast. I'm like, oh wow, like how many? We are not monetizing yeah, this. I was like, now. I was like full time. I'm like, how often do you release? She's like, once every other week. <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on. And she's like, there's a ton of production, but it's all food science. And I, I guess they, I guess they do. I, it has a lot to do because they film and then they like do all the 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 experience. I don't know, dude. If you listen to Adam Grant, I love the flow of his podcast. So I, I think that's the one with that's he work life, right? Yeah, but he doesn't interview one guy. Mm-hmm. He'll interview like three or four people and then blend oh, all he the same it. like topics 
so it, and it just it's so good. Yeah, he, do you have you ever listened to the Freakonomics one? No, I haven't. Because I think that's the same. They he interviews different people yeah. and then he cuts it together and then he also narrates it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So which I was thing. like, dude, that's so much yeah. work. It's dude, but this. Yeah. I guess if you're into it for the money, I think we're into it for telling the story. A hundred episodes. Oh yeah, it is a C note. You're right. I know. That's crazy. I will admit, I, I every the last few weeks I kept thinking this is a hundred. Nope. Nope. Ninety-seven. <laughs> nope. Nope. Ninety-eight. Ninety-nine. And a hundred. That's pretty good. And I feel like there's. I went through some stuff this weekend. I think. And I think Spotify. We got a couple of reviews that we can read. I think I did check the standings, and we're we're in the top two hundred again. For uh, on iTunes. Yeah, for educational. Which nice. Is, we dropped out at one point because I here's, think a here, million podcasts added to the group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now we're back up there. So well, I think, I mean, this is a great question for uh, the audience. Because we always, you've always asked, should we stay in educational or should we change categories? So I'm wondering, if, like, I'm curious if anyone has any thought on that. I think we're the only podcast in educational. Like all our, not our competitors, but all our. <laughs> we're the only one, but we're in the top 200. <laughs> but no, like our brothers and sisters yeah. in our our genre yeah. are all in like careers. Mm. They're all like, some are in hobbies, some are in some other stuff. I, I forget yeah, why I don't we. I think this would be hobby, but career yeah. would be one that I I wonder Correct, if yeah. would make sense. I forget why we pick educational because I feel, I mean, we're up against like Tony Robbins, Gary V. Yeah. Like Dak Shepard and. Oh, like, they're considered Armchair. educational? Yeah, they're all educational. Yeah. So it's like your top five. Dak Shepard and armchair expert. What about the other 195? Yeah, there's a bunch of Spanish. Yeah, it's like there's <laughs> all languages. Spanish. Yeah, those guys kill it, and it's like 15 minute podcasts. But I don't know. I I just I haven't looked in a long time, so I I went on. I was like, where do we stand, dude? Lots of feedback about the work life podcast. Yeah, that was a good one. It was, and I was actually surprised. Did you get any feedback on Breck? A little bit. Good, bad. A little bit, yeah. Same. I, Breck actually called me. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, we were ch- yeah, we were just chatting. It's like, and you know, it was. I, I actually to- and I told him that we have the additional audio, which no one actually reached out about. No, no one reached out to that. I, I, was, I don't know if they made it through it. I, I'm curious. Yeah, well, that that could be one. But someone said it reminded him of '67. I went back and looked to see what '67 was. Was that the kid that we put on last? This one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got a few of them. Yeah, I'm sure you did. People are like, oh, I'm kind of glad that you said something. That's good. I mean, that's the point, right? Is to to shed light on. It. Well, I, what it's I explained tough. to Breck is that you know we're in a in a position here, and it's a tough position in the sense that we need to ask the questions that they people want what? to ask. If we, you know, that that is the the line that we 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 walk is that we know what the question is going to be, or the the comment might be and if we're not going to ask it it leaves them it leaves the listener kind of in the dark but the hardest part is is that when you ask someone to come on as a guest there is that mutual respect that you have for each other sure so tyler didn't ask him to come on so he could he could kind of <laughs> Dude, dig into I, it. if you want to know the truth the story is i like Everyone, or at least you guys know that my time spent on social media isn't like, it's not necessarily just building and I don't know everyone and I don't, I'm not familiar with his page and it's not cause I don't know him. I don't like, like, it's just yeah. what's on my feed. 
I enjoy what's on my feed and it's something that I can relate to. And I obviously like, there's just not that much to relate to on his page. And that's not, that's not me insulting what he's doing or anything else, but I legitimately was completely unfamiliar with his page, did not know it at all. So when we're on the podcast, I'm going through the page and I'm looking at the brief that you guys gave me for him and for his handle. And then I'm listening to his story and I'm like, did I miss something here? Hmm. And I was looking back at, again, what you texted me, like the background and then listening to the story. And then I'm live on that handle. And I'm like, I'm like, did I miss something? Is Hammer another page that like, this is what he's preaching on. And I went there, I couldn't find that anywhere. And then it just got to the point where I'm like, I don't know what the heck's going on. Um, and there was just a disparity between those two. And it got to the point where I was clueless um, and figured I'd ask. No, you have to. I mean, that you're not, you, you're not going to be the only one that doesn't know that handle or his story Correct. and there's people that are going to want to know the answers to those questions but, but we're I mean, not gonna I, we're not gonna use this episode to recap no not 99 so or 98 or but any of the any of them 100 99 maybe one <laughs> which one no the number one. Oh, when we it's when funny we, the first one wasn't really the first one it wasn't the, the first one was really like a third one in or fourth one in what do we use on number one I feel like we we had recorded a bunch and we didn't like it. Then we'd set a, we wanted to record it and start it with like each individual story of oh, each yeah. one of us. Okay. Then we started doing those and those didn't go well between the three of us. <laughs> and, and then we didn't want it to be about us. And then we ended up recording. I think like our fourth one was like a real podcast. And that's when we were on the Home Depot bucket, right? Yeah. Yeah. One mic. I was thinking it was like, isn't there a song One Mic uh, by Nas? I, it's, it's definitely there. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, bring that up. <laughs> Puff, dub that in there. Let's buy the rights to that. Um, what do you guys want to talk about? Because I, I, we, I feel like we get a handful of questions that we we always dance around. You know what annoys me? What is like everybody says? Okay, I'm an optimistic guy. Not gonna. I, I would say you're slightly realistic. No, but no, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. But no, I am very optimistic, but like I've been trying to be more real with people. Like we're doing this, the Ben and Jerry's and it's a tight time frame. He gave me two weeks and then pulled it back to like Wednesday. And um, he goes, don't worry if something can't get done, I get it. You know, I don't want to be unrealistic here. We added a bunch of scope of work and I go, hey, you know, I don't think we're going to get the epoxy. And I said this before we even started, the epoxy done on the back line. And he goes, totally get it. Within five minutes of that conversation, he goes, you know what? I know you told me that, but I really want to get the epoxy. I'm like, then why the <laughs> F did you say, hey, don't be realistic with me? And I look back when that moment happens all the time when someone's like, hey, I wish you know you just told me the right dates or, right, or what you really thought was going to happen. And whenever I do that, People push back and go, that's, I don't, I don't want that. I'm like, yeah, well that is real life, right? I will be super aggressive and try and make the other stuff happen. But every single time I say something that I know is going to happen or whatever, like this would be the right way to go about it. So I don't have to like today. I'm like, John, I think if we have the cleaners in tomorrow afternoon, check the dry set time on the epoxy 
they don't open till six on Friday. We could probably do it at midnight. Like, I don't want to work at midnight tomorrow night. Yeah. But this is where I, I'm put in a position to make it all happen, even though I tried to say, hey. So, so let me ask you a question because, we, and I've brought this up before, I had a conversation with a client that we were getting near the end and I reached out and I said, listen, I, I want to be realistic with you. This is, you know, the, I know this is the, the time frame that we're shooting for, but we're not going to make it. And the reply was totally understood, but the same thing. But that doesn't work, so we need to figure out how we do make it work. But the, it, yeah. but I guess, do you think that convers? Do you think it would have been different if you in the beginning of the job? I rather, did. I did. But you accepted the 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 pushback to Wednesday, right? I accepted exactly. So I accepted that because he's like, I'd love to be open on Friday. I said, understood. I'm gonna. I go. It's super aggressive. I go almost impossible mm-hmm. to put the quality that we're gonna try and slam into this shop. In whatever it is, 14 days. Mm-hmm. And we're doing it. And I, I am behind. Like, it's funny. I stood in the shop was it yesterday, yesterday morning. And I stood there and didn't move. And, and John's like, what are you doing? I go, this is the point of no return right now. And John and Hunter were like, no, no, it's definitely like Thursday. I go, no, no, no. to tell someone whether we're going to finish on time or we need an extra day. It's what was that? That was Tuesday, Tuesday? Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. It was Tuesday morning. And I was like, this is the point of no return. This is when we give everyone the right, the right of notice and everyone's comfortable with saying, hey, we're going to open on Saturday. And it was kind of funny to me that no one else was on that same page. You know, there's like that small moment in time where you're like, this is good for everybody mm-hmm. if we tell them in time. It's not like, hey, it's too close or it's too far away where you're just guessing. Right. That was the moment. And I was like, it's because, like when John said, I don't think it is. I go, the fact that we don't have lighting up and the fact that we don't have stainless steel tops makes me think we need more time. And to that, I need to investigate how much more time on both those items. Everything else, the other 90 items, whatever it are, I'm totally comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like you, I think there's, you can use whatever softwares or whatever you want to try and engage this. I got to tell you, so much of this is feel. Stand mm-hmm. there and going, all right, what magic can you make happen? Right. And like how how organized, like after the weekend, it was an absolute, like a bomb went off. And I was like, I want, after I cleaned up everything and dusted everything off and organized everything, I was like, where I was end of day Monday is where I wanted to be and where I thought I would be end of day Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I lost a day. And that's the conversation we had this morning where I was like, hey, personally, I think we've lost a day. We're still going to make it. But what's on the bubble is the epoxy in the back line. But what, like, what's, why Friday? Like what? What? Why does it have to open Friday? I mean, that was just the target he gave. Was he wanted? He told me two weeks in the beginning, and then now he wants to open Friday. Open Friday means I need to be cleaning right. beforehand, cleaning, and then health and health department has to walk through. So that pushes me twenty four hours ahead. Right. So I lose that day, which is critical when you're trying to do this. Like having paint dry in the right. Of, like it's just like being yeah. able to see it in the morning when you walk in and go, "That's gonna need another coat." Right. Like that kind of stuff where. The stuff, it's a huge space. The ceilings are 24 feet high. And that's what didn't do us in, but having one lift, we added sound. Sound guys had the lift for a full day. Mm-hmm. So no painters, no electricals got done. I want to have electrical done before the tile floor went in so we wouldn't have the lift on the floor. We're still, they're doing electrical now. Finishing oh. off all the lights. No yeah. lifts on the floor? Yeah, oh, it's on the, but I have homosote down, half yeah. inch homosote, and then half inch ply, five eighths. Yeah. 
but it's just moving all, now I have to have someone there navigating I put right. Hunter on it to be the cop of uh, Homosote your, your son? No, uh, there's a college kid. His third year with us. Oh, 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 he comes back every time for break, and he's been with us for six weeks for Christmas break. Gotcha. He comes back. He's doing good. I'm putting him more into management stuff, so mm-hmm. he's like having to manage guys, not just be a broom. Nice. So it's uh, he loves absolutely love. I just uh, it's like why you know, yeah, he wants the epoxy done. He wants to open Friday, but it's like, what happens if you open Saturday? What is what are the repercussions? There probably isn't any. And right. like John said, the same thing. What's the big deal? And I'm like, I don't know. I said I'd have it. Uh, I, I'll stand by a date. Is it Amber Alert? Yeah. Jeez. Springfield? That's the first time I've gotten that. An Amber Alert? On my phone, yeah. It's crazy when you're in a big group of people and everyone's phone goes off. Yeah. I feel like schedule... I mean, I'm, I'm controlling a lot of the pace on my jobs because we handle so much of that, but I oftentimes feel like every job that you set your date for, you finish at the 11th hour mm-hmm. of the day that you're supposed to, just because you make it happen. And I think to myself, how many things like every day had to, if it were just like your scheduling and your experience and knowledge, everything would have had to happen every single day and fall into place for you to hit that target or you just made it happen. And I feel like so many times it's just you make it happen because you look at any job and it's like, I want to be done by Friday and you do anything that you have to. And it always still seems like, you know, it's seven o'clock on that Friday and you're still wrapping stuff up. And it's like, you wouldn't have had two extra, like you didn't have any spare time. The entire, like it's, you work the entire, it's almost, I would compare it to, this may sound wild, but when you are, um, you have to go to the bathroom all day, like you got to take a poop, right? (laughs) It's so true. And you hold it all day and then you get into your house and you're like, I'm going to crap my pants if I don't get to the bathroom. But you just held it for like 12 hours and it's literally coming out of you before your legs (laughs) hit the toilet seat. It's like basically the same thing except for construction. I'm so glad you used that. So glad. (laughs) But it's like, you just make it happen. Like that target date, there could be five more things that go wrong and you can still, you can't always still make it happen. But if it happens, it's because you made it happen. It's not because everyone else stepped up or, you know, you caught a break in this or like, it's just, that's what happens. But um, I think you also take pride in, in, in trying to accomplish that date. Meaning, mm-hmm. all right, I, I set out with that. I agreed upon it. And there was points in this project where I was like beforehand, where I was like, you know what? There's a little bit too much handholding going on right now between me and you, the owner. I'm like, I, I don't need to have six meetings before this. Right. Like, I just, I didn't budget management time to have that many handholding meetings. Right. It's just straight up. And I was like, all right, I need to either pull the plug on this or, you know, we need to continue. And I actually had that conversation with them. I'm like, we need to either stop this, you can find somebody else, or, you know, you need to trust what I'm doing and just go with this. John, I think it's like one thing I noticed in, in Tyler to your point of kind of figuring out you're finishing it at the 11th hour because that's just kind of how it pans out. I think of one of the last jobs we just closed out. It was the same thing. I, you know, I showed up on site cause I knew we were going to be closing that job out and it's like, I come in and it's like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm going to work. Like there's, there's, I'm going to clean windows. Like you, you step in and it's, I think 
in a a perfect scenario that wouldn't be necessary because it would have been scheduled or built accordingly but that's part of that figuring out it's like maybe not everyone's stepping or maybe people are stepping up but it's because you know at that point everyone now sees that the urgency of it but it's also you're seeing stuff that as things take shape and unfold maybe it wasn't the the best guy that came to do shower glass Mm -hmm. and he left it a mess right you get me like there there's things that you have have to like honestly almost because you're probably cleaning right yeah 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 um, like i was just gonna say 70 percent of the time i walk in and i just grab a broom yeah and i'm just like there's something about walking on stuff that drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I was a carpenter, I was always like multiple trash barrels, trash barrel near the table saw, chop saw. Like I'm not gonna start anything new until this is right. You know, because I, you just can't work in chaos. So I, but the problem is we're dependent on Tyler. You're dependent on people too, but like we're dependent on everybody else. Mm-hmm. So if so and so just doesn't show up, like, what do I like? I, I think do? that's the hardest thing is to to portray. Like you said, John was like, "Well, what's the big deal if they open on Saturday?" And you know, and that's the same question I have. But at this, but to, to your point, the pride. If you're if you committed to Friday, let's try to make it for Friday, and not on Friday. Be like, yeah, I mean, I guess we could bust ass, or we could just do it yeah, tomorrow. But th- then you you have no value in your word, right? So I mean, I I know we can push it, and and realistically, if it were to tarnish quality or something because like i turned to john and i'm like at certain points like there was for instance if you go to the natick store and you look at the subway tile it starts with a full tile on the back wall and it ends with a full tile the crown i didn't install a crown so when i got there they were putting in like this inch and a half piece of you know 16 inch subway okay ripping it down and by the time it got like a third of the way across it's down to three quarter and i was like just take it off and paint it the same color as the crown like, I don't even want any tile there. Like, it was actually highlighting the fact that the crown yeah. was off. Yeah. And I was just like, there's something about, I guess my point of it is like being able to look at what's happening and understanding, hey, I'm not just saying just slap it up. Like Tyler always says, what goes through me is imagine working for somebody that said, just get it done. Like, I don't, I don't want to walk in and say that. I want right. to walk in and go, I turn to John and go, not only are people going to come here and get ice cream, people are going to come here and look at what we can create. Like that is the biggest driving point that if if Nick, Jesus, Tyler walks in, like imagine if t- Tyler, yeah, I'm over at Ben and Jerry's in Natick. I'm like, oh, do not look to your right <laughs> when you walk in. Like don't look straight. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? But like I want to be able to not feel insecure about anyone walking in that's a craftsman to go, all right, what did they do here? Like you and I would at a spec house or mm-hmm. anything. Right. Like everyone uses the example as a hotel. Yeah, like you walk in, you're like, crawl lines are cr-. like I want to make sure that it's on point. I know it's a commercial space, but it, it's like it, it's going to have the characteristics of one of our houses. So that's I don't know. Did we already? It's, you you brought up a hotel. Did we already talk about Encore Boston on this podcast? I haven't. So we Meg and I went for her birthday. Yeah, and you you bring the point out. You walk into a hotel and it's like the you, you're looking at everything. The grout. Right. I shit you not. This place was perfect. Really? Like, I, I was so... Meg, Meg was getting so annoyed with me because I'm walking... Like, the, the lobby... First off, the lobby has two escalators that are curved, mm. which I c- could not figure out how that thing flipped back underneath the floor. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at, like, the landing pad is, like, four times as long. I'm like, they must rotate and then come back down. And she's like... 
it's not that complicated. I'm like, no, it's, it's like, actually very like, keep walking. <laughs> but but everything like I'm I'm in the room. It's like you, you look at the case, like the, the the casing around the doors, the, the the finish on the the finish, the paint, and I mean, everything was just on point. Really? And it was so it was so weird to, to me. But I started, of course, I'm like really trying to understand. All right, how did they achieve this? Mm. And because they built that building so fast, really quick. It was it was round the clock. But I looked at, for instance, just the interior doors, and like these weren't painted here; these were built, prefabricated, pre-finished, pre-finished, yep. showed up, and they were guaranteed to fit because someone did the preparation and the planning and everything. And I'm looking at like the panel details in the lobby. I'm like, this stuff wasn't assembled here. This they they built this building so quick because they used the whole entire country to make all these little pieces that everything just arrived and got assembled. And it was, and that's kind of what's been driving this whole like efficiency conversation. That becomes accuracy. If that place is inaccurate size wise. But that's like, that's, I I keep having this conversation about efficiency and how do we improve, you know, earlier you and I were talking about numbers, like how much stuff costs and like what we charge. And, and I, and I think all the time, I'm like, if we were just more efficient and, I, I truly believe the way we become more efficient is spending more time on planning and pre-construction and figuring out like, do you know, do we have to build this on site? Can we prefabricate it? Can we panelize the house? Like all of these, like looking at every single thing as an individual product and figuring out how to make that particular task or that particular product faster. But explain to me how you do that and run projects. Like if you had a pre-construction guy, mm-hmm. yes, I'm with you. That that's their focus is efficiency to in pre-con to be able to think out the product. To I don't think it's gonna turn well, a package over. Yeah, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a. Uh, you know, a switch to it. I'm saying I agree with you. It's just I like know. how do you do that while balancing the rest of your workload? I, that, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, that's, I, but that's but it's very much like the fact. I and at the end of the day, Meg was overly impressed with the place. For, for very similar reasons but we just we went in there expecting something ter- like yeah. just not great always and it was just everything we looked at we're like that's I mean that's on point like the you know just e- every single thing and it was when you when you think about it again I'm repeating myself but it's just all of the planning and all of the thought that went into this and the utilization of multiple like the entire country I'm, I'm saying and beyond yeah and beyond to put pieces together because this was so well designed and well thought out orchestrated right that it was just hey these this is what's going to show up and this is how it goes together i had you know it's like when i was in when we were doing high rise it's a 30-story building thousands of pieces of steel showed up on trucks and i mean (sighs) if the if the the iron workers pulled out the torch because of an issue it was less than five times Mm -hmm. the rest that building went up bolted together 100 percent. yeah they prefabricated every plumbing stack so when it showed up they just stacked it on the next one and went to the next floor because everything was coordinated but at the same same token i love the part of being creative with what we have on site agreed but i don't i think efficiencies i don't know if it all has to be i guess like i'm not saying get rid of the creative I I, i get aggravated the other day when i walked into a house i didn't bring my notebook or a check for somebody 
And I walked in because I saw Fred King, my psych guy, walked in to talk about Sue and water. And then I could have carried on my my next conversation with somebody else and give them a check and do to do. And I was like, I forgot it in the truck. Just me walking out to my truck, I was so aggravated myself that I hadn't been like, all right, just you had to grab two things, John. This is me walking back in by myself. <laughs> you had two things to grab, okay? You couldn't grab a notebook and a check, and now you have to go back outside. You lost 11 minutes. Like, that's 11 minutes that could have been somewhere else. Like, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I just think it's getting into a rhythm. And So I went to Mike Riley's shop, Cape Cod Panel. Mm-hmm. I was there last week. A little field trip? I was, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I went to see Hucker. Yeah. And I, I thought he was closer. <laughs> I was very wrong. He was another 45 minutes into the Cape, uh, which was fine. I got which is see- like going into a black hole. Right. And it was rush hour. <laughs> like, why am I going deeper? Um, but I, I got to see one of his jobs, but then we went to his shop. First off, his, if you ever go there, his shop is in like the most weird location. It, it was like a one-way road for like 12 miles. Who is this? Um, Mike ML Riley Construction, I believe on Instagram, but he... he He's partners with Cape Cod Panel, so they panelize homes. Uh, they they prefab them, and I was, you know, I'm genuinely interested in that because you know you're taking the process and and streamlining it, and they're showing up and they're bas- they're standing a house up in a day or two days. Yeah, w- were you were the numbers what we thought they were? Price wise, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like that five grand number. Oh, that particular. <laughs> yeah. um, he told me a number the other day. He's yeah, like, "Hey, this house," and it was like fifty five hundred bucks. I'm like, <clears throat> but it was so I, stumped. I well, was straight up stumped. Same here. What it it? It's just, that particular. It's just the nails. It was ju- no, that was just that was actually for all the walls. No yeah. roof and no floor system, but all the walls. So we started digging into it. And I'm like, well, if this was a new house, because this is an addition, could we do the whole? Could you pre-cut the whole entire house? Rafters, roof, uh, roof system, floors, everything. And the conversation was yeah and yes and I so Jen you know I was I uh, who runs the computer John or Dan I forget I'm sorry um, the guy one guy runs the computer and I I was like walk me through why this is better if say cost is out of the the, the equation and he said every set of drawings I get. I find all the mistakes that the architect makes. The layovers for valleys don't line up or all of that stuff. So I'm redrawing the house three-dimensionally with all the members, all the studs and everything. So my question, all right, how long does that take? And he, it was a pretty big big house, probably 3,500 square feet, 4,000 square feet maybe. And it took him about six to eight hours to draw that house. And from there, it spits out a cut list. And every stud gets cut and they they maximize the cut. So they they only have a half inch, like, piece of scrap it's one trash barrel for like the whole all the studs on the job because they t- they the, the computer says what to cut out of the 16 footers to maximize material so waste obviously the, the less waste less disposal cost but one of the questions i had is well could i take if you if this was my house you drew this it's spitting out you're you're prefabricating your your pre-cutting rafters could you give me that model so i could then coordinate my tr- my duct work yeah and like venting and, and vent, yeah and all that and he said that's what we we're trying to do we're that's that's the that is the goal here is that we're building a model and then coordinating because that's going back to the high rise you start with a steel guy and you take those steel drawings you send it to the precast guy and the mechanicals and then the, the precast takes the the bim but I, and I, I i'm with you on that but i think there's something said the something to be said about cha- i all there's always something to be changed 
So but what? But you're because right now, sure. right now we're sending our stuff to structural wood systems. Yeah, they're doing the same thing, like moving IJOs over a bay for a toilet, whatever else. And we still move stuff around where we still hit or we put a tub instead of a shower, or vice versa. Yeah, and all that's getting done. So they're all pre-cut, they're all labeled, and they're just not prefabricated. Mm-hmm. And so stud walls are stud walls. Honestly, they go up pretty fast. Sure. I mean, we can stand walls in, in no time. Um, it's the floor systems that really, if you can have them pre-cut in a way where you're just minimizing your your, your cutoffs, but all the beams are labeled so they're not you know you're not having someone cut uh, a 32 foot beam for you know two sixteens or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They're they're actually using what's there. It, that, that seems fairly. I mean, that's how we became efficient. But it still gives that's efficiency without losing creativity. That's yeah, my I only, but that's I don't think pushback. I don't think you lose the creativity. I mean, if stuff changes, it changes. You can still make, you know. But that wall is now engineered by them, for them. So guys on site are really. This is my worry about sure. panelized systems: is that, like, let's say a Toll Brothers or a Pulte, there's only one person that's probably in a truck that actually knows the engineering of these walls. Everything else is just labor, because no one actually has to do anything mm-hmm. it's swinging a hammer is labor mm-hmm. they're not knowing how to cut anything they're not ha- so is that a, is that a detriment to the, the growth in longevity I see what you're of craftsmanship it, it, well it goes to the bensonwood references though that you know are you getting rid of the craftsmanship of timber framing and what i think what we're saying is well, actually what i'm saying to you is that i think that there's a place for all this mm-hmm. But not with the group that we're with. You have amassed a, a great group of craftsmen that can handle this. It's just how do you strategically place everyone where they need to be, mm-hmm. not have to solve for stud walls. Like there's so many bigger issues that have to happen in a project. Yeah, just overhang details. Like there's something said about seeing the roof go up and go. Yeah, hey, I want a 12 inch overhang on that. Mm-hmm. Not the eight and a half that's on the prints that I didn't really dig into that much. Uh-huh. And now you're stuck with it. I just feel like there's more of you're stuck with it than let me see that go up before the whole well, roof's I guess up. the creativity shifts from the guy that's putting the rafter on the house to the guy that's drawing the rafter. I know, but man, look at cars, bro. Cars, how many craftsmen were involved to build a car back in the day? Yeah. Every person in the assembly line. Yeah. How many people now... Are needed to be. There's one guy with an iPad that's a craftsman. Mm-hmm. Like that killed the entire industry. So I'm with you. Yeah. Shake it all out and rock it. I just, I'm probably gonna put up more of a fight. <laughs> I, I, I just, no, that's fine. I just, I mean, like Tyler, would you do an addition and go? I'm gonna penalize my walls. He's gonna say yes. No, I'd, so I. So if it saved like- you two grand. Probably not. I feel like it's a lot of its scale. Like how much effort would you have to put into developing those systems? And for the amount of work that I do or could do, it doesn't make that much sense. What um, if someone wanted you to build a house? And, and there's a company that could panelize that whole house. You work with them on the design, you know, make sure everything is going to hit and they, and they, they prefabricate that house and they stand it up and you have a, a roughed in, dry, ready for MEPs in a week. Yeah, I mean, I it does sound nice. I think that the only the only issue moving towards that, like John was saying, is say those guys are on site and in the middle of it, the customer's like, "Hey, I hate the way that looks," and now you got to make a change on the fly. 
And if you don't have carpenters on staff who know what they're doing, then there's almost an inability to continue with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're kind of stuck with it. So I think if, if you, if you had customers and a team that was capable enough of seeing what that final product looked like on with the plans, or they could create models that would represent and be able to kind of facilitate and communicate that to the customers. I think that it, it, it's a viable and a decent option. Um, I think that sometimes on paper and even in models, what appears to be right isn't always. And when you see it in person, um, sometimes it's different. And I think that if you have somebody on board who's just putting that together, they may not know how to make a correction or change something. Or the one problem is that it takes the thinking out of it. So people stop questioning what they're doing. You know, at that point, you're just assembling stuff. Um, and but I think, think on, yeah, on some homes, that may be an issue. But imagine if Nick's saying a house in a week. That means your windows have to be pre-ordered two weeks before the, the framing even gets there. Same with the roofing. So in reality, I get that you've done all this pre-planning. But if you make <clears> a change, it's already all bought. Mm-hmm. You're you're gone. You're never making. I guess you're, you're so far beyond. And what's and, the? But what? The last part of this is, maybe I fucking enjoy that whole part. Okay, maybe I like standing on that first floor deck, going, "I just conquered a land that never existed." Okay, <laughs> this didn't exist sure. an hour ago. And then, I mean, honestly, we're framing six thousand square foot houses in ten days. So if I gain four days. And give up creativity, mm-hmm. I, I don't see it. I, I just don't. I mean, I don't, I, I, I actually don't disagree with you. I guess what I'm, my only argument to that is why, you know, why can't we try, why can't we work towards eliminating the changes, the, the, in the middle changes? But you're saying that as if you were building, like you don't like your house now. Right. Okay. Yeah. So now you're gonna go with somebody who's never built a home before their client, your client, who, okay. uh, your client that you're building a house for. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna assume that they've have listened to everything, they've absorbed everything, and that they're they're gonna sign. Okay, there will be certain clients that will sign off on this thing mm-hmm. and go yes, hundred percent. Then there's other clients that will go, like all the stuff that you want to build mm-hmm. in Australia. Mm-hmm. You're comfortable just hit and play and let that thing 3D print out and not want to make any changes? Not want to be in that space and feel it and maybe change a window or how that staircase flows? How the light splashes down off that foyer and hits the living room floor? Or could it I can be answer this both ways. I, I, I feel like if I... What's your heart say as a craftsman? Man, you're <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, you're right. Like, I love being in the space and, and making those ch- making changes in, in the midst of things. What I, I guess, what my point with all this is that I just don't think we spend enough time planning for this stuff. 
and putting enough effort into the actual design and the consideration for the details and really thinking about each one of those details before we start building. That doesn't mean that we can't change them. I just think that we could eliminate a lot of those those changes or those figuring it out in the field if we were to spend more time on the design. But that yeah, doesn't I'm, I'm mean with you. I just feel like the, those little improvements. But I don't think I would so worth it. It's, to answer your question, no, I wouldn't want to prefabricate that whole house. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot there's a lot a lot of things in the process that I would absolutely outsource or prefabricate or pre-build prior to the house even existing. Like yeah, structural stuff and all right. that. Right. But and I also think that this conversation and not to be arrogant, but I also think that there's a whole nother niche that by all means this would absolutely help improve their product. The middle. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean everyone has their their qualities. Yeah. Meaning that they're really good at planning or they're not good at execution or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody's really book smart, can look at all that stuff and then hit play. And, sure. and it helps them because they don't have right. they get in arguments with framers because they they want it one way and the framers know what they're doing you know you guys know who I'm talking about it's it's like in, it, there's improvement I think that there's a lot of things but I just really love that part of the project where you know floor by floor you're walking through with people and, and where we make changes in every single floor when you walk through with a client they just digest the space and then you walk through with the client and designer and the kids and you're trying to figure out how things flow we're gonna come down the stairs and, and just hit that null post and roll, do you want a little wing wall there? Do you want to open it up to the to the diner? But room? I don't, I, yeah, I don't think, I think in my, in my head, I, those, that would still exist. It wouldn't be so, like, I'm not, I'm not, I really value what the Encore did, or I'm assuming did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not, but, I'm not. But let's just put that in clarification. How many years of pre-con do you think went into that Encore building? 15, 20, 25, I don't know. Um, but it's I like mean, yeah, months years, or even yeah, years. Millions and millions of dollars. I also <laughs> think that in this industry, if you give us a year of pre-con, we will not use most of it and, and just <laughs> focus on something else. That's actual priority. Yeah. There's just something about that that... Yeah, I don't think... I, I think... I just want... like I just genuinely like more detail in design. So we but can, you got to slow down. I mean, that's the biggest thing is... <laughs> slowing down i think so much of it and i think it probably the better manager you are um you'd be able to keep ahead of this but so much of being a good manager is building that job out in your head before anyone's doing it still going through that um and i think the more that you take away from somebody's role or responsibility in that and put it towards pre-construction it almost, you let your guard down a little bit and it's like, well, they got this covered and you know, it could be small details. It could be like, yeah, this, you know, this casing is going to interfere with this or, you know, where the vanity's built out of two clothes and it, you're not going to have little things like that, but it also could be bigger things. And I think that the more involved that we are up front, hands-on, and kind of combing through plans and walking through them and actually building them that you do come up with a better finished product. And I think that the details are nice, but a lot of times those details aren't figured out until you're in the field. You know, you're looking through them when you're pricing it, trying to sort it out and put a labor rate to it. But unless somebody's going through like John Marley and mentally building that job before ever actually picking up a tool, 
it's going to be tough to sort out those details on pre-construction. Well, I think about your cornice detail in that in the in the um, the bathroom that you did. Yeah, with the cucumber molding. That would I mean, would you have? There was no designer, right? Like no one drew that bathroom. But would you like what would it have been more beneficial to you if someone had drawn that? I Where think you, I think to a certain degree, yeah. Like I, conceptually, I believe yes. But I do feel like once you get into that, there's so many things that change from what's on paper to what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times those subtle changes that you make can actually make or break a job. And if, well, if you're not involved in that, all that, like say it it could go flawlessly and it could look perfect. But if you do have that hands-on approach where you're sitting there and you're like, well, the scale of this just doesn't work right. Or thinking, Hey, how's the painter going to finish this? Mm -hmm. You know, where it's just on paper the, the luxury that I have is that I'm the painter. So like I'm thinking about every trade, but when you're kind of pre-designing that and when it's handed off to somebody else, there has to be somebody in charge seeing that entire process through from start to finish. And I think that sometimes having less details, you start to question those things and you're like, well, what are we going to do here? And then you start thinking of the options and how you're going to build it rather than just like, Hey, this is the way it's going together. And I know it and I can kind of walk away from this. And I, I, I think that there is, there's a, a huge market for stuff like that where, and I don't think it's either one of your markets. Um, I think that maybe to get you a shell up. Sure. But I think your customers and your customer base, they want to have a hand in that. And I think most people can't grasp that at pre-construction. And, um, I, and I want them to have a hand in it. You what? I want them to have a hand in that. Right. I don't want to be like, hey, we got this. See you at the roof stage. But at the same, like in that, in drawing that cornice detail, I don't, I'm not looking at it from the sense of, all right, well, this is how they drew it. This is the way it's going to be. Like there should still be that creative thought and layout on site and make sure like it works with scale. And- yeah, but that's you. What about your guys? What about not your guys, but like the people below you? That's the whole point is that I feel like if you do do this system, yeah, not this one. In, 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 I understand what you're saying. Like, but if, I think if, it's, it gets to the point where it's like, it's not on me. It's how it came. Right. This is how it was designed. Yeah. And yeah I mean, we're going me. through it now in that uh, one of our, the master suite, project we're working on and the, the, the is in quotes the master suite yeah they um <laughs> it's no joke the detail like there's tremendous amount of detail in it but we were sitting the other day that, that there's this kind of wood screen detail that goes in front of a piece of glass near the shower and it's drawn it sh- it tells you how to attach the steel to the floor and the ceiling and how it's buried and plastered around and blah 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 but in the in the meeting it's you know I'm looking at it like you're not going to be able to clean that glass, and she was very specific about how, like the client was very specific about being able to clean it, and there was no consideration on how you would fit. Like there's like three quarter inch gaps. Yeah. So it's all of this stuff is detailed out, and we're sitting around the table talking about it. I'm like, we need to change the way it's detailed, and we need to hinge that so it can swing out of the way, and you can clean the glass and swing it back. But John, you're right. It's, you know, whether like this is Mike's job, I don't know if Mike, you know, he may have come up with it, but he may have not and just built it the way it was drawn because 
there was all that. He assumed. Well, he he didn't even assume. He followed what was drawn, what they spent months designing, what what you know, a, a incredibly detailed drawing pans out because that's I'm I'm actually agreeing with you here. Is like I I didn't I I does wasn't not, considering does be, that. Does not have to be hurtful. It can feel good to agree with me. <laughs> good good time. I, I definitely think there's a market for something like that. Um, I think with the level of detail and the the customization that you guys are going for, it may create more work than it's actually worth in the long run. Like I, the time that you save may be doubled on changes down the road. And I also think. So okay. how do we avoid? It, it doesn't. I feel like it doesn't matter how good of a designer you are. Everyone makes mistakes and like you miss things. Yeah. And right. it's when, if you have somebody who's worse, used to seeing that process evolve at a normal rate and foreseeing the issues as they kind of come, I think that it's easier to nip them in the butt and that it's not a, as large of a burden. Um, if you're taking all of that out of it and it's just going up, it's almost moving too quickly for you to adapt and make those changes as well. Plus, you've also you may have done this to to ease the budget, and then you've plugged all those numbers into the the spreadsheet. And then when you want to make changes like vault the ceiling or whatever else, at the time you realize that those those are all change orders. I think it's you know I'm gonna have a, a very simple example the the water supply for toilets coming out of Wait, the wall what do you, yeah you, know, you like wall or floor uh wall for cleaning. you know what you could do you could put it in the wall and then you can cut your baseboard around it this is what i'm getting at yeah. it's like why why, why? I shoot myself every time i see that detail on social <laughs> people media. love it why uh, why would you want to draw attention to that i know explain it to me I, I, last place i, I want to look I, god agreed you found a trigger. I know. Sorry. I, I knew you I was going to trigger you. Um, <laughs> but it's like simple things like that. You know, it's like why why can't we avoid that? You know, and it's and I think those are the things. Get a that, better plumber. Is it the plumber? Like, does my, he know that it's a six inch baseboard, not a four inch, or maybe he's assuming it's four inch? No, you have to tell him. Right, but and and it's the same as your electrician saying, with his plugs. Are they too close to the casing? Did you let him know? My whole house. I, I'm just saying, like these are all you things. Many, that, you know how many light switch plates I had to cut? Oh God! Don't admit that. I, I'm, God, you do it with a razor blade. Uh, you turn your blade backwards and cut it. What? That's how I broke yeah, so you, many of them. You can, you can My turn daughter's your blade is backwards like on, on a edge. table saw. I tried that. That thing shattered. <laughs> I, I wish that I was, was on a YouTube I, clip. I was cutting. They said non-breakable. Yeah, that's <laughs> not like, table right, saw. Let's try that one. That's for the guy who sets the screws too tight. No, yeah. I, I think. Where so, you pull the switch over to catch the screw and like the plate's snap. holding the switch in the spot. Yeah. yeah. But I also think that, Nick, what you're, I don't know, I'm going to read into it a little bit. I think there's very little architects that I would trust to take it to that level. Hmm. I think a Patrick Ahern and those, there's like a certain Meyer and Meyer. There's a certain caliber of architects that will, okay, I shouldn't say that because I feel like everyone I didn't mention will get upset. Two <laughs> things, two things. The most budgets for pre-con for architects isn't, what it needs to be. Yeah. So that way, not as much time is getting put into it. So you have to put some time into the field. And then B, I also think that instead of talking for myself, I, and it, people have asked me, hey, you know, if I want to get into remodeling or construction, what do I do if I don't have all, you know, the knowledge and all that stuff? I always turn to them and say, hey, 
have hire a very good architect because yeah. that's like hiring a very good lawyer. They will put all the details into the drawings that you can then use. Yeah. For basically, instead of saying, "Hey, I want it this way," and someone gives you kickback and you can't, you know, rebound off that discussion, you can turn to the prints and go, "Well, the prints say this," mm-hmm. and you can clarify that. But for like, let's say it's someone that's not as seasoned as you that's going to be running a project, you would love to be able to rely more on the details on paper than yeah. having to have you stop by a job site. I guess that's yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what I'm getting at. It's you know working with someone that can you know naturally over time like you're not you're going to stop you're going to realize that you can't put you have to tell the plumber where to put the water feed for the toilet like if if you keep doing that and you keep calling attention to it like why, I just don't just, get just how it's it. always so high like to just put it 2 inches off the floor you'll never miss and it's and better safe. than what you're doing before like I think you could center it it's not that hard but like air on the lower side if anything like how is it always right at the base cap height that's not close to anything the only thing it's fitting under is like colonial base but during but during the rough stage like i walk around and i map out centers of toilets i map out vanities and centers of vanities if i want i rough in most of our 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 powder rooms as pedestals just in case because i Mm -hmm. don't know and i want the options how hard would it be if it came to a cabinet all the details you write in your dry eraser board as your PM, how hard it would be for you to write down, I want my supply here. It's not. I do it with yeah. all my valves. I want my head at 88 inches. Mm-hmm. I want my the neck for the nipple for the handheld. I want it over here at 33 inches off the ground. Yeah. I do it for all that because I know, like Tyler said earlier, I've already built it three or four times. I, I want this look for this shower. I want this look for this bathroom, and I don't want to deal with that. And they did just come out with a different type of toilet right now. I think Kohler did or whoever did where it's not the normal rough-in spot. So even though we've been doing them in the floor and been safe, they all like they now have like an apron around them with it's it's the different. Skirt. And now it's all instead of being 6 inches off center, they're 9. So this so, is for the toilet? Yeah, so yeah, I ran in into floor. that on a job we tried to switch from like one to the newer. Yep. And it's too close. I yeah. only found one toilet Cause like we switched toilets mid job and everything was roughed in and we went to go put their new toilet selection. And I was like, this doesn't work. I found one toilet that would work where it we was. had a change at Ivy. We had to change all of them. Yeah. We changed all of them. And it's the same so as like your floor, not wall. I forget. I think it was a, a combination of both. No. What do you prefer? I, I mean, it honestly, here's the thing is I outside wall don't, yeah, I really don't care mm. to be honest with you as long as it's clean. Right. That's, I, I, I so there's a little bit of this. I did my whole house floor because I, I I like the look and then yeah. someone was like it sucks to clean around I'm like that I, wall it is honestly it sucks to clean around the toilet in general right. yeah. so are we serious I don't have to worry about it yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I think there's but I, it's the same as like your sub-zero supplies as well we used to go back and forth with the plumber and go hey one plumber really loved to put them in the floor he liked to put the box for the water line in the floor and then we found that we'd have to roll the back right roller would have to be like tilted oh, back up so, and over the box. Yeah, because he Jeez. put it like. So we're like, you know what? We should probably we did like three houses in a row like that. And we're like, you know what? Let's go back to the wall because so, the goal for that was that you'd still be able to not have to move the the yeah. fridge and be able to still hand get to it. I understood why the purpose was there, meaning right. yep. you would have to pull it out every time. Bring Mason so, over. You can, all right, so why not? So for me, like I, I like to put the shutoff for the sink under. I mean, for the fridge underneath the sink, 
and then run a dedicated feed over to it so you can access it like anytime you you need you don't have to pull the fridge out yeah i mean that's the beauty of this business everyone has a different way yeah i mean it's half dozen one the other i mean there's guys that like to put the feed downstairs the shut off downstairs yeah it just i want that line to be i feel like i've been told over the years that threaded lines and that stuff won't last as long as what you know you have in the walls for packs and that stuff the threaded lines that are so if you can have a shorter extension the braided you mean yeah braided. Th- threaded braided yeah. yeah so going you want to keep those as short as possible right every time so whether it's a washer and dryer or yeah, that so, so instead of having that feed come from the sink all the way around no so what we do is we go back we go come into the cabinet the quarter with inch the, copper no or if it's yeah we could do quarter inch copper or we'll just go back out with half inch copper come around and then go to a threaded um nipple and then connect the threaded line to that so th- there is still a connection at the wall but your your actual shutoff is just re- it's more pipe. It's just it's, is it another joint too? What do you mean? It's is, a joint. Is, it, it basically w- behind the behind the refrigerator yeah. is the cop is the copper water line yeah. with a threaded end, and then you would thread the braided stainless line to it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: is yeah, I don't. I, everyone has their own thing. Right. It's just, yeah. This is what we've gone with over the years. Now we're back to the wall so yeah. you have to slide it out because it's the shortest run. This is, I just always fear that what happens if something blows or, or pops. Like, yeah, but that's the same thing as the conversation we had with Steve Bazek and like our holiday policy and days off. Yeah, we don't think about the the option of it failing mm. is very. If I did everything for it to fail, right, we would overkill everything. Yeah, guarantee none of your homeowners know where the shut off for the fridges, even when you tell them that it's anything. under the sink. <laughs> I've had clients tell me that they don't know where the breaker is and we have a panel in the laundry room. Exactly. A dedicated panel upstairs. You tell them they forget. So like putting all these binders and books together, mm. the reality of it is they're going to call you regardless. So I'll yeah. just be, I'm better off preparing for the phone call yeah. than I am to do all that lead up. So it's the same as this is how I feel to be honest with you. I do a lot of pre-con going through the drawings and trying to dial them out Matt and having two wise men look at it and then I'm good there you're one of the two wise men i'm trying like i'm a point five. There's, there's a third no um but i think that i'd rather put the rest of the focus on when i'm building mm-hmm. instead of in the pre-con yeah and until i see it has to change but i mean we still do a ton like our carlisle build we're probably a month into drawings and we review them every couple of days mm-hmm. and we have another review on site tomorrow morning on how the light's going to hit the house that's, I mean, we are trying to get much deeper. Yeah. And like, it's already been to my structural guy. So I was on the phone with him on the way here. What areas to get involved in? All those shop drawings for all the, the trusses will be in, all floor joists, everything like that, just so I can understand if what needs to get doubled up for islands. Cause it's going to be like a, I don't know, 14 foot island. So it's like, how are you going to, so we're, we are at that. I'm not trying to say you don't need to do any pre con. <laughs> no, I know. It's, it, it just not in, for you. I'm it saying, interests me listening. in general is, and I think you know, I think I'm talking about it in a very extreme manner. Is that you could essentially pre-build this entire thing in space and then have it go together like an erector set, like yeah. the, you know, a high rise. You're just talking the wrong guy. No, but at the same time, <laughs> but I, I also you asked me the question about like the style of homes that we want to build. Yeah. There's no way I, you know, I would I I. I I'd spend a year designing it and then never walk the site and not make a change. I'd walk that site every day and make changes. I know, and it, but at that point, okay, if you were to print it, I keep saying print it, but if you were to have it done 
off site. Mm. Is it really your vision at that point? Yeah, well, I think so. If I'm, if I'm hand archi- in hand, is it the architects or is it yours? Well, anyone that is going to build these homes from an architect, so then what? I'm working. Are you I'm working nec- with them. But are you necessary? If yes. This, if this can be drawn, and then pre, sorry, I know you're, you're, you're smirking, <laughs> and it can be prefabricated yeah, in a necessary. building. Yeah, I'm. I want to be involved in that design process and what it looks like in design. And I'm going. And yeah, yes. He got really defensive. No, right? I'm not being defensive. <laughs> I. I the the N N S builder stands for necessary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is how I feel. Is that at some that's point? That's fair. That's a fair question. But my, I, I, my involvement would be heavily on design. Like it's not. It, this is. If a client comes to you and, and you have a high end architect, mm-hmm. we're going to say, "Why are you necessary?" Oh, God damn. I'm just. No, I understand. I'm running it down the, the flagpole or up the flagpole, whatever you call it. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're right. I guess, I mean. That's where it's getting to, that if, if this becomes more mass produced, it's architect to prefabrication guys to laborers, and you've basically eliminated craftsmen to more of the interiors, I hope. Mm-hmm of the project where it becomes t- tile and aesthetics, yeah, not the structural and not the overall look and ambience of the outside. That I, th- I think getting it right on paper is, I, I, I feel like it's a 50 yeah. I think shot. we just need to be better about planning and, and design. And, but to your point, having that, still having that creative approach and being able to see the space develop in real life and adapt accordingly. But that I think also having whoever's building it involved with design, <clears throat> like with the way that you guys approach projects so oftentimes you're kind of designing and building at the same time. I've taken that approach on a much smaller scale, which isn't typical because most people want these smaller projects just built for a price. There's no design in place. They're just kind of winging it. But I think that like having whoever's going to be building that or whatever project manager is going to be running that or super on the job have their hand in like while those design meetings are going down. Like, I don't think that you need that many cooks in the kitchen, but having somebody who's going to be a part of that along for the ride, I think helps so much as well, because then it's not, you're seeing those and developing those details with a different set of eyes and somebody who is taking part in the execution of the work. Um, and I think that when the work actually takes place, now it's your second, third, fourth time seeing it, not just like, hey, I'm opening up a set of plans, let's build this now. Agreed. Agreed. I think the other part of it, Nick, is what happens if a client comes to you and goes, hey, I have this architect, I have it already past the point of prefabrication. Do you want that project? Yes. I knew I was going to say that. You read my mind? Yes. You shouldn't be thinking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. it's, I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting. It's a to great me. topic. It is. And it's, I like, I just like preparing and planning and thinking through design. I use the word intentional all the time. 
And when I'm on site, it's when something doesn't look right, it's because it doesn't look like it was intentionally done. You know, and they're, they're, they're such micro details, but everything we do, you know, there has to be thought. Like, where a register lands for HVAC. Was it thought? Like, was it thought out? The outlets on the wall, are they centered under windows? Or are you just whacking it to the side of the stud that's every six feet, 12 feet, whatever? I'm with you. You know, and those are the things that I, you know, I one think- of the things that Mike, when we talked about our Newton job that we wrapped up, I asked him, what do you think you would do differently next time? He said, the first thing he said is- Everything. <laughs> I would I would center the plugs under the windows. Damn right. And they were it wasn't something that was this like total miss or that looked terrible. It was just when everything came together, it was like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I have done that? Yeah, but and it's in, con- the, in the time it was there was so many other fires to put of course. out that that was kind of the less of all evil. Right, and it's and I and what I'm trying to do is kind of capture what Mike learned and then have that be what everyone learns but it's also the fact that it's not just him it's like a lot of the trades that we've had are guys we've had forever Mm -hmm. so they are they don't have to every product isn't a learning curve i'm now looking for the one or two things that are off meaning hey that central vac shouldn't go there because i'm probably going to put ship up on that wall and i don't want to have my guy cut around it you get me it's really that communication of how it's going to go, but they already know right. a lot of the time. Like, yeah. But there's still corrections like the drawings have. We did it at Cliff Road. You walk in and the drawings, I missed it, that there were two recesses in the foyer. I'm like, that should be a kick-ass decorative fixture. So lose the two recess. So this, I mean, it's all going to happen in time. Like we do all our, yeah. our plugs that way because when people complain and go, hey, I, I don't have that, I think there's always going to be the improvement. Of course, and I... I I guess what I'm again. I'm just trying to capture each of those learning experiences or improvements and have it so it's not just one person. But is it immediate? It. You think it's going to immediately? No, no, be, no, no. What's your expectation for it to like be smooth? Like two products, three products down, or is it like? Is it next, ever smooth? No, no, no. Like you get me that that implementation. That, so next, I think it should be the next job. And what what are you gonna? What role do you have in making sure that happens? You get me as yeah. I mean, as, that's we, when, especially when stuff goes wrong, we t- we. But that wasn't a wrong thing. It was something. No, that no. I'm a, I'm actually yeah. thinking about the sprinkler incident, right? Oh yeah. So that was something that was only four 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 of our guys were there, but we came back and we sat down as uh, the next you know time we were all together as a company. It's like let's talk about what happened, why it happened, what what everyone did in that scenario, what we could have done better. We need to talk about this openly. Do you, because, but do you think that's going to that's gonna sink in? Or is it, okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking a shot at you. I'm just saying in my head is like, all right, next time we're at that point, yeah. I need to be there more during that moment in time. It's like the same with a rough in for electrical. I'm not going to assume that Mike or my John knows that, but I'm going to kind of buzz through there and go, hey, real quick, before you set any plugs, let's set all those things this time around. Yeah, like I feel like that at that moment is gonna sink in more than it will. Yeah, I don't think it's like I, yelling at a dog that we should. You know what? You should really learn to sit after it didn't. It was jumping all over the countertop. Forty-five yeah, it, minutes to an hour before I, that, it just doesn't sink in. I guess that you're answering your question, and my point is that 
I want this to be again. I want this to be more than just one person learning from it. I want to talk about this as a group. It's not going to sink in with everyone because not everyone experienced it the same way. But if we're but if we're taking the opportunity and in conjunction doing the hey come you know looping back around when you get to that point with the outlets, it's like I, I'm I'm trying to spread this again. M- to everyone, to the entire team, for everyone to just understand, hey, this is what went wrong and what we did and this is how we react. This is what we can do better next time. Does everyone understand that if a sprinkler head ever goes off, this is what we would do? I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I'm just saying the people that didn't happen to, right? do you oh. think it's even being... I, I mean, the easiest thing with the outlets is just Photoshop. <laughs> you know? No, the problem is, is when they have Christmas stuff, you're like... Or holiday stuff, and they're like, "Why can't we plug this in?" You're like, "Oh, I can't. It's going to cost you two hundred fifty dollars to rerun a lot." So it's it's trying to. And honestly, I think it, that's where the value add is when you're walking through with somebody, and and they're they're trying to understand the house, and they're trying to feel comfortable with the frame stage, and you go, "Hey, here's this. Here's that. Here's all the things that when you're living in the house, they're going to feel comfortable." Mm. And that makes them think that we're already at the finished stage and not freaking out that they don't know about enough about the frame stage, that they feel insecure, that they're totally overwhelmed at that point. But when you take them to a point where they're comfortable, like, hey, all right, I can picture that in my living room. That does suck. Like, I get that. You make them comfortable with these things you're thinking about. Yeah. Like, you know, I, like I keep want we want to eliminate, we had this talk the other day of central vac. We want to, like, Benny was in the house the other day and he goes, hey, How's Central Vac going for you? I go, I don't know. We just keep putting it in. And, I'm, and he's like, we sat there and go, I, the only place I want to use it is in the master and in the laundry. And Benny's like, he goes, and mudroom. Because that's the only place. No one's going to drag. After the trim we put in, no one's dragging a hose around off the baseboard yeah. on an outside corner. It's like a, a weed whacker on a lawn. It's like that fence is getting beat up. So we're like, how do we want to do it going forward as like a company? So how would you want to institute that new thing? I wouldn't say, hey, here's an email. All central vac is going to be in these three locations only because that's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I think with mistakes, definitely addressing it as it happens. But I do think it's the type of thing where when they're at that stage, it should be brought to their attention again as well. Like, hey, listen, this happened to us once. Be careful of this. Um unless it's the, if you were firsthand involved in the mistake in the first place, like you learn that mistake once. Yeah. Um, but I think if it didn't have an impact on you firsthand, it will be difficult to retain that moving forward until you're in that position. And somebody's like, imagine this going wrong at this point. Um, and I, I mean, I think about it with anyone who I train, train <clears throat> where I'm like, I learned not to do this, or I learned this at this point. And I try and articulate them and kind of create a shortcut for them so they don't have to learn or relearn or make that mistake themselves. But half the time, they still have to make that mistake themselves to learn it, or they still have to go through the motions themselves. And I can try and, it's like riding a bicycle. I can tell my daughters how they're going to do this and what to watch out for. But until they get those basic principles and they feel it for themselves, it's it's just words. They don't, they can't relate to it. I found I totally agree with you. I find that some of the times, if you have the time, is almost shooting the shit 
and almost doing that back and forth like one up stories like hey last time i did this this is what happened and then john or someone or the plumber will jump in and go you know what i saw once like i remember i'll never forget the story it didn't happen to me and this is actually contradicting the the point of plumbers like we're doing like i used to put down all our own floor heat in the last company like sun touch where you staple it down you hand nail it down with hammer with uh roofers and um i always just laid it out per the directions and i didn't think much of it because nothing ever happened and my plumber was like hey you know so-and-so's job you know he's in wells he blah blah he did the floor heat himself and he put it too close to the wax rings so by the time they turned it on it melted all the wax rings and all the toilets and then That's every crazy. toilet leaked and i was like that story <laughs> now that i don't do the, the things i'm like hey where is the uh Where's the where's the floor heat for right now? Show it to me, lay it out. Like, cause I'm like, I would imagine that. Imagine having to tell a client, hey, every toilet failed because I heated them up. Yeah. And the good thing is it? now they make rubber ones. Yeah, true. Now they, I mean, <laughs> they say it on the instructions, like don't put them underneath the toilet, but they don't yep. tell you why. Yep, true. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a nutty. St- but there are those moments. So I think having that like shoot the shit moment is like, hey. This is what happened to me. Like, this is this problem. Have you ever had this and someone else does it? And you're like, you're all having that common talk. And then it makes you, you kind of have that sympathy for that person, but also go like, not forgetting that one. Right. So that's, I, I guess I do do what you're saying. Just yeah. at a, like not around it. I've done those around the table things. And I just felt like over the years, like at BGB, when we were director of ops and I'd see stuff and then go, hey, let's go over on the dry eraser board. Mm-hmm. There's guys eating pizza that don't give a shit. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> about that. so, and I don't think it's it's not one or the other. I think it's an, you know, you implement all of it because it's absolutely like when I'm on, you know, when I walk a site, and I would expect when Mike walks a site, and Nick and and Mal, everyone walks a site, they're doing just that. It's like, hey, I know that's what you're doing, but last time I did that, you know, it's all it's it's very casual. I, I'm not trying to remove the the casualness of it i'm trying to basically double triple down on all of this stuff i guess i just don't believe in a lot of meetings yeah because i just feel like well, we don't ra- have we don't have a lot of meetings. i'd rather just i i've felt over the years i've done them and it just feel like i'd rather just do it in the field one-on-one mm-hmm. it's more you know it, it's more representative of what's going to happen yeah and i feel like you retain it more it's just um yeah good talk break <laughs> no, what's next? No, I, I mean I don't know what's next. I, I think it. Even though we do all this on the podcast, and all we do is talk about it in a round table, and then people absorb it, so maybe I I'm know. totally wrong. Everyone's like, "Yeah, we're, we're now we're having meetings about all the mistakes we have because the Monica Craftsman told us to." People are getting fired. Um, it's tough to have a meeting by yourself. I know, huh? You know, I'm gonna call a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm I'm opening a credit line. Okay. Are you? Yeah. For what? For the business. Sweet. I've been advised by my. Better open that up before Vegas. <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, I don't really want it. Why? I, the problem is that we use it. What do you mean? It? Why? What? Why don't you want it? I I just don't want to acquire debt. And I feel like if it's I not have debt, it, if you don't use it, if I have <laughs> it, I think we'll use it. Oh. Like right now, we. So the, here's the reason: is that. Right now, we use almost we use all of our profit mm-hmm. to just keep guys paid and keep them going. Yep. At, if we're waiting for a check for two weeks, yep. I've got some clients that are seventy days out on some change orders. I got another client that told me the other day that we did the job, 
small job, whatever. I'm not going to mention names. I paid all my guys for it. And then he goes, yeah, you know what? I owe a ton of money to, to some other guys, and I paid them till they because they, would, they were going to sue me. So wait, give me a couple more months, and I'll, I'll be able to pay you. And I was like, awesome. Wow. So it's like, but that's profit that I've used to pay out that whatever yeah. the last payment for my guys was 17000 So it's like, when am I? And then I have got clients that haven't paid some upgrades that if you tally it out, I think my accountant told me like it's 180 grand of stuff that's accounts receivable that's like change order stuff that's free money that's all paid out and mm-hmm. it's like so my accountant was like you got to stop using your profit to do that because you don't ever see it right? yeah. you pay yourself more blah blah so I'm, I'm per the advisement of you know my wife the bank accountant and bookkeeper that's what we're going with and it was going to be 100 and then they said with the amount of revenue we've done we would be comfortable giving you 150 yeah blah blah and it's more to everyone's paid us you know i'm not saying that no one's paid us and i should float that much money but there's certain things you know it's like hey i want to get that fixed for you know we've always said it in the past like oh you want to add this we'll, we'll get that added in and yeah you know we'll take care of it well i think i mean this, this can go down a couple different roads but th- i mean we did the same thing and it was you know i met with my bank and it, it was this it was similar. It was like, well, what happens if there's a cash flow issue, or what happens if we're someone's behind on a payment? And there's definitely been situations like that. We've had clients, you know, we've had one client, um, knock on wood, that was just wasn't going to pay us. Mm. And it's you know, but that you know, I I never want to util, I never want to say, hey, I can't pay my sub because my client didn't pay me. Pay when paid. Right. I, like yes. I, I yeah, there's. A very big part of me that does everything to avoid that. Yeah, and and a lot of guys bust their ass to make magic happen for us. Right, that and then it's they like, shouldn't have to wait. Right, and it's not their job to get the client to pay you. It's their job. You know, they've done their job. They yeah. they they deserve to be paid. And that's exactly why we did. We we took we got a credit line. Same thing. And how how much of that? So I've had this talk, not with you, but with like my architect, and said, hey, you know, blah blah, and you know, and I've known lots of companies that have had them. Mm-hmm. And, and how much of that do you use? There's been times where we've maxed it out and then yeah. we pay it back. Yeah. No, I'm just, cause I know like there's yeah, certain mean, times where my I, clients, when we, I think I forget how much it is now, but I know in the beginning it was like 50 grand. Doesn't even know. No, I, I how much it's, 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 yeah, it's okay. not, okay. it's less than yours. Did you John. see that? No, but I, I, I don't, I feel no, like no, I come just, off on this I'm podcast sometimes as like a, a snotty <laughs> asshole. Like my five dollar coffee. Must be nice. Yeah, must be nice. Yeah. Anyway. I don't even know how much money I have. <laughs> no, but I, <laughs> I think it's like seventy five or a hundred thousand. But I remember in the beginning it was fifty, and I remember there being a time where I was like, "All right." How yeah. early did you get that? Uh, not that early. Okay. No, I just like, didn't know what was within the last two years. Because honestly, I never would have thought of it until my accountant told me. Neither did I. At our meeting, the beginning of this year, he was like, hey, guys, I want to, and I was like, I remember Ben and I walked out of there going, should we? Like, what's the, yeah. and, and it would, because there's, there's certain points, I find that, like, I got clients that will wire me money, which is great, and then there's a client that will, hey, I want, can I see a different breakdown of those numbers for this? Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I got one right now that's been waiting for two weeks to get that breakdown, and I'm like, all right, all those guys are paid. What? Well, all right, so, what breakdown? So your so, cost plus. So different, oh, different things. This we're still doing some specs. Oh, okay. 
So some specs are just spreadsheet, but then we yeah. have other spec investors that want to see, hey, each invoice, mm -hmm. where do those numbers fall in the spreadsheet, plus or minus? Basically, give me the cliff notes. I don't want to look at the spreadsheet of, gotcha. of where everything's falling. I got you, yeah. Give me the breakdown. Of, so I literally go line item by line. I'm showing what was estimated and what was done. Mm -hmm. And then instead of the huge spreadsheet, give them that invoice broken out. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wants. So like, but more importantly, like they'll pay the wire. But if that takes two weeks to happen, those guys, I'm not making those guys yeah. wait two weeks. Right. You know, it sucks. <clears throat> I mean, I've been on that end of it where you're waiting like, hey, I know I get this job done. I'll get paid. I want to be that guy because then they'll come to me first. Yeah. And it's how do you do that where you're not getting leveraged like crazy? Like there's certain points in time where we're waiting for like half a million dollars in receivables. Right. And you're like, and then you're counting like after you get 200, like she's like, you know, the rest of that's paid, paid off. And I'm like, because it's gone the next week. Right. I've just burned it on somebody else. Right. I cut a check to our HVAC guy for his, his two thirds for rough for a house. And we haven't gotten paid for the first third. It's are, all pending. And it's you, like. Do you cost track per job? Yes. Is it. So are you separating money? At the account? Yeah. No. Yeah. We track it all. And it's. I mean. So you can look at a job and say, oh, we, we've we received 500, but we've spent 600 on this job. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And thank. But we. I'm I not, think that's. A, I think it's. And I'm. I'm speaking totally out of line here. I think it's required in some states that money is separated. And there's like, there's well, Matt, Matt Reisner said that he used to do different bank accounts for people. They still do. And I talked to somebody else that used to do that. And it was bonkers because yeah. it was actually, I think I talked to JJ, the kid in California, him and I on the phone the other day. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, but if someone accidentally uses the wrong card for a different job. It gets super messy. Yeah. Well, so there's a way to do it where you're basically separating all these bank accounts. Each job has a bank account. The money goes into that, and then your payables. Do you just like to make things complicated? No, I don't, I don't like do it. this. The biggest I mistake I make is putting my groceries on my company card. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm like, whoops, I'm going to have to explain to my account what I bought at the grocery store. I'll just tell her I need like snacks refilled for my truck. This is what goes through my head. Yeah. So I still I, get the write off for it, you know? Oh, I tried this the other day. I, she was <laughs> like, uh, they were like, hey, what's this charge? I'm like, uh, shirts. And they were new flannels. <laughs> and she was like, are they branded? I'm like, no. She goes, you can't write that off. I'm like, it's part of my image. Yeah. She's like, no. That's work clothes. That's yeah. like when I go to nope. home, homies and I grab something and I, I sneak in some peanut M&Ms because they're not on my card. Yeah. Because my wife will catch it. And my, my, <laughs> my, my, my bookkeeper's like, Hey, should I expense the M and M's to the job, or like are they necessary for the job? <laughs> she, I've had that call. That's amazing. And I'm like, no, no, that's that's me. That's all me. No, it's the. So the. I forget where we we're going with this, but credit um, line. Oh, the credit line. But it's you know. I didn't consider the spec thing, because like you're, you're primarily cost plus, and yeah, a but, lot. Of, but a lot of times clients are away. Right. And that you don't, there's something that was taught years ago when I interviewed with F.H. Perry. And I remember I was in, I forget, Four Seasons Hotel. And they said, I was like, because I was always about like being on like $15 change order. Boom. Sending that email, whatever it was, writing it up. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and, because you don't want to lose anything. That's how we were taught. Yeah. And, and, um, 
I remember talking, walking through with Rusty's, walking me through this this job, and my my, my mind was blown on how do you get sheetrock upstairs when it's like seventeenth build, seventeenth floor of the building. I was like, as a GC, always on the ground. And then he was like, I go, so what's the deal with the numbers? How do you make everything work? And he goes, Well, we don't charge this guy small change orders. We wait till they build up to like one hundred and fifty k. And I literally stopped walking at that point. I was like, Explain yourself. Like you're now at risk for 150k. He's like, yeah, but they don't want to be bothered for anything over under 100k. Like they'll just pay it when it adds up. And I just never got that. And now my career's that's been like 15 years. And I'm like, do you think that you should write more change orders? Or no, 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 no. Like I find that I, I, we invoice every two weeks and nothing sooner because a lot of clients don't want to be bothered with. It. Like we have a couple of builds coming up where it's like. I will probably wait till it gets to 120k, mm. and I'll invoice for that. Like we have a cushion already of our, mm. you know, deposit, so that covers us. I think we took a fifty thousand dollar deposit, so we'll continue to invoice on that. But the 50k is our cushion mm-hmm. as we go throughout the whole thing. So it's not like I need every buck, every invoice. All right, here's one that where that we go back and forth with a lot is deposits. Mm-hmm. So you're taking that $50,000 deposit, your cushion. When do you give it back to the job? We return it at the end. That's where we're at right now. So your final payment. It, it's it's a big project. So yeah, it would be in, in part of that. I think it's actually 25 is what I took. So it's so your final payment is probably more than the 25. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we've taken, you know, we've done, we've. Exp- well, honestly, we'll probably give a, a portion of it back. Like th- That's what we've done, like even on the small ones where it's like five grand. We'll right. probably give. Two grand back in the second last invoice, twenty five, whatever it is, mm-hmm. left over, uh, three grand at the end. Yeah, just because it's. Do you hold retainage? It's almost like you're no. Yeah, we that's a nightmare. Yeah, just to because then once that person's paid off one hundred percent, you don't have five percent retainage on like foundation guys when you're in, right? Sheetrock stage, right? Um, and it's just a ton of paperwork. But no, I think the hardest part. It's I think I look at it, is like first month and last month's rent. Mm-hmm. You don't get that till you're out, because otherwise it makes it harder for me to. I, I we told clients that the we we is, can't fund your project. Right. The problem is, or that we've dealt with, is towards the end, they get to a point where the job it's is a, it's a leverage game. Well, it's sometimes like we've been in positions where the job's 100 percent paid because the deposit. At, well, most people there's a point where they want to understand that they have leverage on you. Right. So that that they will hold a payment off. But right, why why does a client get to have the leverage and not us? Just because they feel like they need it. Right. So no, it's, I, yeah. it's how we have to position ourselves in the project where it's like, hey, like a lot of people have holdbacks if we turn a house over. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's having it. the goal. Everyone says is zero punch. I think the only person going to do that is is Tyler. Mm-hmm. Like just the the amount of scale and, and walls that we touch. Not excuses, but it's just it's hard to do it. So I always use this example. It's all right. Pretend you have a hundred thousand dollar job. It's ten months long. Mm-hmm. So you want to take maybe a ten thousand dollar deposit. So ten thousand dollar deposit. You you bill every month. You do about ten thousand dollars every month. On month nine out of ten, you're billing that next ten thousand. Now they're a hundred percent paid. A month yeah, early. You, but you wouldn't be able to bill for that. You'd have to then use your. You would your use deposit that deposit and then bill for the next yeah, ten. Yeah. Exactly. When you're done, so right. there's that point where you have to have that fluff. Yeah, you you floated it. So we were talking. I was talking to Nick about this, and we were, you know, we had a job that we had a pretty significant deposit that it kind of screwed things up towards the end. Mm-hmm. We made it work, but it was just from a cash flow standpoint, 
it throws everything off. And we talked about this before. Like if you, I don't, I like if it's a two million dollar build, I'll yeah. take twenty five k. Right. I just don't need it in my system. Right. I've had this talk with a bunch of guys. They're like take a hundred k. Why? So I can brag about taking a huge deposit. That's right. the. Well, well, I don't need a hundred k in my system. The, the the point of not funding the job is very real. It is very real. Yes. And it's that that was something that when I was smaller with less guys. Yeah. I would always fund, and it was just like, all right, replenish. But I think twenty five k is a good number, like as a deposit. Like that's yeah, but a two million dollar job that's a, a year long. I mean, you're you're going to exhaust a yeah, huge uh, portion but, of. But I'm not going to. It's like one hundred fifty thousand dollars a month. Yeah. So it's like every two weeks, it's fifty k or seventy five k. Like twenty five k. I don't. I don't. I'm not banking on that money. Yeah, to carry I guess. Me. I mean, billing every me? two weeks is fast. So, well, it's just honestly, it's not. It's not like it's okay. What we've learned is, we used to try and do it. Every invoice gets out at the same Friday every two weeks. No, no, no. So this invoice is going out every week. Yeah, it's just rotating all of them. Yeah, and that's what's worked best. Because we're then, monthly right now, and that's. I mean, <sighs> but it's. I, I'd love to be faster. Yeah, but it's just that's what's been working for us. Yeah, you know, dude, you get to do what you work with. Right. Works. I mean, yeah. we're in, but we're doing. You know, our budget is updated every single week, so we know exactly where our costs are. So at the end of the month, it's it it's become super easy. It's been painful to get to this process, but now it's just we go in. It's like, what do we spend this month? All right, bill that plus our fee. I just feel like a month is for me too long to to remember. Like I keep a, a running tally in my head mm. of everything. So like two weeks is perfect where I haven't gone like, Hey, did we invoice? Like when I see them, Emily will send. So everything goes to accounting. If it doesn't go to accounting, it doesn't get invoiced. You don't get paid. Mm. There's the only rule I have. Mm-hmm. It, it, don't count on it going to me and then me forwarding it. I'm, I did that for a year and yeah. that was like, what, yeah. what am I doing? And it was just to be comfortable with Emily and everything. So now it all goes there. And then she sends me every Thursday or whatever. Hey, here's an invoice. Run through it all. Any issues you need me to do? Anything you want me to pull? Blah, blah. Pull it and then I'll send it. And it's just like, but that's everything that she's been sent, yeah. which is great. It makes, I couldn't do two weeks without her. Yeah. And same with Ben. It just makes life so much easier because everything goes in, goes to her. It's It has to have the job name on it. It has to have certain things and then boom. But we are, Benny had his uh, builder trend. I heard demo yesterday. I talked to him. And dude, they're like a goddamn wet blanket. She called me an hour after he had the demo and goes, Hey, Benny loved it. What do you think? I go, Haven't <laughs> talked to him yet. You need to calm down. You need to give me a couple of days. Well, I'll, I told. I'll see him in <laughs> Vegas. So <laughs> I, we'll talk. <laughs> I told, because uh, I talked to Benny about it because he asked me my opinion and obviously he talked to Mike. But I was saying, I was like, I bet they're. The sales side is so strong. He's like, dude, they're insane. It's ridiculous. But one thing, and this is, it drove me nuts because we had the program and they would call me and be like, hey, I want to talk to you about this program called Bill. I'm like, guys, I'm, get me off your list. Yeah. I have it. And when I went out to the Build the Trend University, I, I think I've made this reference before, is that if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, like everyone on the phone making calls, sales calls, selling, all that's what their sales floor looks doing like. blow no <laughs> not blow <laughs> but there, it's just Builder like it's it's but it's insane it's like there's they're all super young they're like stand they have like they're all standing up they're walking around throwing like a baseball or like whatever like they, and they're selling but then you go to the other ABC, side abc always be close <laughs> but then you go to the other side of the the building 
and this is like a total plug for them at this point. But you go to the other side of the building and it's the customer relationship uh, division where like they're taking feedback or walking clients through. And that's where that, that, that's what solidified it for me when I started working with them is that, yeah, they're, they're aggressive with sales, but they're equally aggressive as um, in developing. I just the- wish the hook wasn't so strong. Like, give me, a, like, I'm going to Vegas, and one of the things that Benny and I are doing is just looking at, there's a lot of different systems out there right now. Mm-hmm. And again, I've, I know I'm, I'm coming back from where I've been on, on a program. It's just the fact that I have to step away from running these projects at some point mm-hmm. where we, I can just sell them, mm-hmm. sell them, and then just kind of go in and out where I don't need to be accountable for everything. Yeah. Like, right now, my guys don't touch the numbers. I mean, John gets me quotes, sends them to me, I approve them. But still, there's no approval process for them. Yep. So I need to. I know that it may not be for me, but if this system's going to work for everybody, right? And I can't have full control, then a system does have to be implemented right. beyond my accountant, my bookkeeper, and me. So I have to. So Ben and I we talked today is that the goal when we go out to Vegas, along with seeing everybody and you know having a good time, is to really dive into some of these other programs that are out there to see if what's going to be a right fit. You know, there's some new ones out there. So that's my goal while we're out there is just kind of pop in and out, mm-hmm. see what it is. Because, you know, Ben and I both want the program for exactly the same reason. It's not to schedule people. It's none of that stuff. It's right. really just to track cost yeah. that we it makes it simple for us. Right. Where it's like, hey, how much have we paid uh, so-and-so, the HVAC guy? Instead of having to ping Emily, I can hit a button. Right. That's really 100% the only benefit that we see out of using it. Um, honestly, we're probably not going to use it with most of our clients. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's going to be just Yeah, and you don't have to. Yeah, and our goal is the, to do the, it internally. The, big, the biggest issue is the learning curve, and that's why. I, I mean, I've used it. It just, I'm with you. Yeah, I, it was, well. I know. It was like a decade ago. Right. But there's a bunch out there. Um, yeah. 100. This is what everyone wanted, which is. Us. Talking. Talking. <laughs> there's, I got some specific questions. Uh, one I remember off the top of my head, they wanted to know how old we were. How dare you? Isn't that racism? What Too is old. Discrimination? Ageism? Too old. I just turned 34 beginning of this month. I can't give you my age because I won't be allowed into the young, <laughs> the IBS young party, whatever it is. They literally wouldn't allow me to register for that party because of my age. I had to change it. That's amazing. <laughs> I'll be, I always forget. I'll be 32 next month. I'm 40. I thought you were 39. I am on that spreadsheet. No, I feel like you're, wait, you're only going to be 32. I thought you are going to be 33. No, uh, 88. Yeah. I should have hung out at 39 for a couple of years. I'm going to see if I have any other questions. Well, we have. How tall are you? <laughs> Me? I'm at, I just hit six foot. foot. You just hit six yeah. foot? I've been five eleven my whole life. I went to the doctor. Did you, you get new shoes? She was like, "You know, you're six foot." I'm like, "Help! I'm getting a new license." <laughs> she just she's doing that to everyone that day. Yeah. She's like, "You know what? Everyone gets an age." He had his hair <laughs> gelled straight up. Uh, that was one of the questions. How long it takes me to do my hair? I need. We. I want better questions than this. These are these are very specific questions. Oh, you were gonna pull up a review, right? I was. On you know Spotify? what I got? Uh, so I'm doing the interview with Tom Silver at IBS. Uh, that's sick. And I put, I put a questionnaire out. I got nothing but like spam. What? Yeah, I got like nothing but spam questions out of that. That's crazy. Yeah, I was really disappointed. Um. Oh yeah. Here. 
All right, let's 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 wrap up with this question. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Assuming that you're alive. Assuming that you're alive in this industry. Wow, dead air. That's good stuff. This is from Joe Kelly, a mass construction podcast. I know Joe will be listening. All right, Joe. Joe, um, I would like to say I'd like to be building probably three to four houses a year. That's it. Probably two million plus construction costs for each one of those. Um, I'd have my own design center. Kick-ass space. Little WeWork stations. Little Etsy area for people to sell stuff that I think is cool. But literally everything that we pour into our houses would be able to be found in that space and it'd be used for anyone in the construction field and designers. Um, Maybe TV? I don't know. Um, And honestly, probably have my son at that point. Yeah, he'll be, I don't know, he'll be 18. I would hope that maybe he'd be involved more. Probably a couple of retirement properties. I mean, retirement properties. That's exactly what they are. (laughs) Rental. <laughs> Rental. What about you, Tyler? Uh, <clears throat> it's tough to say. Um, I would say I'll probably still have a hand in doing a fair amount of work. If, if I could um, expand a little bit, possibly – I think that I'm, I'm always going to ha- want to have a lot of control over my business um, and over what I'm doing, but I don't want to necessarily be doing the daily grind. Um, so maybe if I were able to build somewhat of a team um, and I were managing a little bit more, still doing certain aspects of the job that I wanted to, but I also think um, probably owning some rental properties as well, maybe looking to make some money in real estate, I uh, I think I would like to take some of the heat off of the remodeling portion being my main source of income because um, I think a lot of stressors in my life obviously are financial financial implications of running a business create a lot of stress but if I had something in my life where a job didn't go right or schedule were dragged out um it wouldn't be the end of the world and there wouldn't it wouldn't so the financial implications of that wouldn't seem so heavy and so daunting um you know having something else in my life to offset the cost of uh my life in general which i think would be possibly you know something with real estate something with rental properties um more so than just the construction aspect of it how many tattoos? By then, um, I don't know how many, but I, I I won't really have much more space left. Maybe I'll always have a little bit of space, but I don't have that much space left now. So in 10 years, I most certainly won't. Hands and neck probably won't be done in 10 years, though. So Wait I'll have that going that. for me. <laughs> I think for us, or even just myself, I would want to be focused on strictly whole home remodel 
or whole home construction with a heavy focus on contemporary and modern architecture and in concentrating on building the very specific style of home that I enjoy and be heavily involved in the design the design side of it um, but have my business at a point where the systems and kind of the the back of house stuff that I'm so focused on now has been delegated to others so I can be on site and be involved with the process to, to see these projects all the way through. Uh, I think similar to John, I'd like to do a handful of project, a, a handful of those homes a year, not and not have as many projects going on at the same time. Um, but also from the personal side of things, I think I, you know, in ten years, I, I want to be consulting more. You know, working with this industry. Uh, obviously, I would lo- love to see this podcast still still go, still be going. And us having made a big impact to what this industry uh, is shaping up to be. And I don't know. I just be, be really involved with how things will change and how we progress as craftsmen and builders and tradespeople. Um, and just, I don't know, do as much as I can to be a part of that. Absolutely. And more penalized. It's tough to say. I feel like I'll probably be in the same exact. I feel like I'll probably be in the same exact position in 10 years. (laughs) Dude, I I said this to one of my, my guys today, not my guys, one of my subs that I talked to a lot actually mentored me into where we're at now. And, uh, I was like, Hey, my goal in the next, you know, 12 months is to really design, finally design the renovation of my house and renovate my house to where I'm happy with it as a builder. And he's like, yeah, man, you need to get that done. I'm like, it's a, it's been a seven-year plan. I, I left my two companies ago for the money to be able to, you know, the enticement of being able to do that. And now my oldest is going to go on to high school next year. And I'm like, like having that, like, I, when we talk about the products is you start scheduling from the beginning of the project and you start going. And then at a certain point, you start going from the, completion date back to where you're at mm-hmm. like i'm there my kids going to high school i'm like i got four years left where right. he's with us i need to bang that out so like yeah so my point to that was yeah it's taken me seven years i've had the same goal just finish my house yeah. i don't think any of us are going to be in the same position in 10 years not yeah, with what I we're doing not. today i hope not. all right we're going to wrap this up uh but before we do shout out to our boy dylan and the team over at Upstate Merch. Uh, they have been a huge supporter of us, Modern Craftsmen, and us individual individually for our companies. And I know a ton of you guys work with them uh, at Upstate Merch on Instagram. They, uh, they're actually, they're running a deal right now, right? Correct. I mean, you're wearing one of their shirts you right are, now. You are, baby. I am. But- I mean, the... They've been awesome to well, I think John, you really brought them into the construction industry. They were they were printing band t shirts. And now every time I watch his story he's buying more equipment to print Dude, contracts. He's, he's printing like uh, some of the best comedians shirts. That's amazing. Brendan Schwab, he's doing his shirts. He's doing all those guys. Well, he's got a contractor special going on, front and back, t shirt printing special, a hundred t shirts for four hundred eighty five bucks, fifty for two ninety. Uh, I don't know I mean, that's a killer deal. It, it's to spread your brand, to make everyone look professional. Yeah. We give them to all, like we've 
not been giving them out to people on IG, but more so giving them to the families that we work for. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just gave two to the two kids over in Newton. Yeah. They wanted t-shirts. Yeah. I was like, Molly, we got a small and a medium. Yeah kids but more like i do it for the clients their kids yeah. that's the brand we want that when people wear it they know that they're immediately part of the team and the family we nick did. do you have a t-shirt launcher yet it's, no but we could get one we should bring <laughs> one to the builders of instagram meetup um but they also do a really good job because i remember that one of the first set of t-shirts i ever ordered was from someone else and while they look good they didn't last and they didn't yeah they, they were crap so if you don't um, have a good logo those yeah, guys, help those guys yeah help they do a lot of design in-house too i always the thing i like with dealing with um dylan is i feel like he does actually he's concerned with quality um Absolutely. which is nice like so many people that i dealt with before were just pumping out shirts i had a company that i'm still burning through work shirts because they printed them wrong twice and the first time they printed them wrong i was like listen I like, it's not a big deal. I'll still use them, the work shirts, but for the next round, can you just make sure it's like this? And the guy's like, no, my mess up. I'll reprint them for free. And I was like, no, I don't want you to, I don't need them just for the next time. And he reprinted them again for free wrong. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I can't tell them anymore. And like, I still have those shirts, but they're just, they're crappy uh, t-shirts for work. But then that's when, uh, Dylan and Upstate came around. I wanted some nicer T-shirts for work and for customers and friends and stuff like that. So I've been getting them printed from him ever since. And he worked through like all the design issues and then recommended certain T-shirt brands, what printed well, like changed things on my design to make them print better, different like color schemes that work well with the gray. Um, he's always and, been super helpful. And not just T-shirts. He, he'll do embroidery. He did hats. Hats. Yeah. Like I, I, I send him my Carhartt stuff. We send him a box of Carhartt. He can also order Carhartt stuff for you. They do the embroidering or screen print on them. I think it's a slam dunk. Did he, he make us hats for this year at IBS? He did. We have 100. 100. 100. For 100 episodes. episodes. Yeah, baby. All right. So we'll give out 100 hats. We'll probably bring them. I don't even know where we'll bring them. Yeah. Just look. For, if if yeah. We'll have a box. Please take them. Because no, I, we're going we're gonna to throw them at everybody. People have got to catch them. So we need, a, we need a hat launcher, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, we got two reviews this week. Ref two. Refreshingly real. You got fives? What do we got? Uh, five star. Figured I'd give it 100 episodes be before weighing. You haven't even listened to the 100th episode, but fair enough. Figured I'd give it 100 episodes before we weighing. We shouldn't criticize feedback. our, <laughs> our sorry. reviewers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't rush th these things, but seriously, that 100 episode mark is important for the show because the three of you have stuck to your mission from episode one and never deviated. No big sellouts, no drifting off schedule, and leaving big gaps between episodes. No egos. I, I kind of have an ego. Just, I, why am I Why am I all over this guy? Uh, just <laughs> just honest conversation with interesting people, finding out what makes, diff uh, makes different craftsmen or craftspeople tick and how they have been able to make a living following their dreams. The show works because it's so obvious from the heart and that's why it can't be re reproduced equal parts inspiration encouragement cautionary tale and entertainment keep up the excellent work guys thank you so much um and then we got nobia dane sanderson our boy what is he green green logic builders or something uh i'm totally messing that up you know who i'm talking about yeah yeah I can't remember the name of his company. I feel bad. Uh, he he actually worked for us for a little bit. Oh really? 
Yes. Cool. Yeah. Either way, Dana. Is that the kid that's over in there? Framingham. Framingham. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dana. Green. Yeah. What is it? Green something? Don't know. Good guy, though. Yes. All right. Glad we cleared that up. Dana's like, guys, come on. Amazing podcast with true business owners and a great variety of guests. Each episode contains valuable insights into struggles and successes of the building industry, small business owners, rare breed of guys who devote their time to advance the industry as a whole. This past episode sets their character in stone and shows their passion hasn't changed. They have the right intentions and continue to educate the next generation clients and tradesmen. And because I messed it up, I'm going to look up his handle real quick. Bear with me. I want to give him a shout out because I, I'm stuck on Joe Rogan's page. Jeez. Yeah, Green Logic Builders. You nailed it. You didn't screw it up. Dana, thanks so much, man. We, of course, appreciate your support. Just delete that entire thing about you forgetting it. Nah, (laughs) let it be real. No, but seriously, guys, 100 episodes is a huge milestone for us. It was definitely a lot of work. It is. It is. And I think there's a lot of times where we didn't think we'd make it to 50 i always had faith i feel like i see people's podcast and we had all question it that's you don't realize how much work like to think from when this started that it's been a hundred nights like as my wife's texting me are you stopping soon (laughs) i've probably taken five nights aside and spent them with my wife let alone like a hundred times that we've gotten together to record a podcast it's crazy but it's i mean it's driven by you guys and the support and the feedback the good and the bad yeah it's it's all appreciated and uh with love it grows so keep sharing it and and we're going to keep hammering away at it for another hundred yeah so if you guys like like or find value in what we're doing make sure you share the podcast with a friend drop us a comment a review um we'll dig into and a repost and a repost and we're always, we're always loving the Instagram stories. It's we got a ton this week. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you guys are much better at reposting them, them than I. I just try and sit every night to do all of them for the Modern Craftsman. Uh, and it looks like there's a might be a demand for a Tula Hawk getting back on here. Yeah, I saw that too. So we might have to catch up with Kiefer in Vegas if he's there. If not, maybe we'll have him on in the future. Yeah, I think we got a couple podcasts when we're in Vegas. We do. But again, this this yeah. or next week or this week when you guys are listening to it. Uh, International Builder Show, January 21st through the 23rd. We're going to be uh, all over the place. So stay yeah. tuned to our stories. We can, we'll can we be posting our schedules at where uh, I know we're all doing a couple different talks, panel note, uh, panel discussions, uh, meetups. Yeah. Um, the two and- big meetups are definitely the Builders of Insta, uh, Tuesday at 3 p.m. And then the other big one is what? Keycraft Alive. Oh, oh Ke- yeah. Hubert is Wednesday. Actually, is that Hubert. Tuesday? Did it again, <laughs> and then uh, we're gonna put that in my account. I, I don't have the so, best of social. Three thirty for uh, social awards, and then uh, Keepcraft Alive is one of the nights. Yeah, I thought I put that in here. Well, either way, we'll post it on our stories. Yeah, I should get it in my note. I get it in my uh, calendar. Do you? Yeah, but I put everyone's schedule in my calendar, so I was on point for next week. I, got I don't it. even know if I have Keep my after live event, 5.30 to 8.30, Hard Rock Hotel. On Wednesday. On Wednesday. After the Hubert Awards. And Hubert is 3.30. 3.30 at their booth. Got it. Yeah, Wednesday, 8 p.m. I did have it in my notebook. Cool. Jeez. 
All right, guys. As always, appreciate it. We'll see you guys in Vegas, and we will talk to you soon. See you guys.